Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santa, joined as always by the Raphael to my Leonardo. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I'm pissed that you switched it on me. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm filled with uh, intolerable <laughs> levels of rage until I do something moderately well, incompetent, and then we have an entire storyline around me redeeming myself. You're, you're so mad at uh, NFL playoff predictors. com that you just uh, I had to give it to my, you. My rage morphed my play choice. I had to put in two new quarters and suddenly I'm a whole different turtle. And our very own Donatello, the man who holds the team together with his wonderful inventions. Eric Ronimek. Eric, how you doing? Oh, I'm just a giant nerd, just like uh, Donatello. <laughs> the Aren't cue I... to our James Bonds. And I like, uh, I like you know, bow staffs. They're pretty dope, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The we- Okay, of the four weapons, right? Uh, is the bow staff the best weapon to you, Eric? Uh, it's got to be that or the sword, right? I mean, let's be honest. Raphael's got, like, two swords looking weapons. But yeah, the, the size the look so- cool. Yeah, sides are also kind of like, all right, what are you going to do with those? You're just going to stab people and I, it just, no. The, the, no. Nunchucks <laughs> the, are the most, nunchuck is the most fun weapon of the four, in my opinion. I do I like to pick up nunchucks occasionally and be like, hey, I'm going to try these again. Nope. Hit, hit myself in the back of the head a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a, that's my experience with nunchucks. It's like, yeah, I do something like that looks kind of cool the first time. And then I'm like, oh, I'm good at this. Now I can try to do that like crazy stuff. And then I just hit myself in the back of the head. And I'm like, yeah, never mind. Nunchucks mm-hmm. are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get right into it. The mock game. Uh, we're going to just kind of cover storylines that have arisen around the mock game. And I'm going to start with you, Eric, the running back situation. Kenny McIntosh has now sprained his knee. Uh, do you, uh, is, excuse me, somewhat sprained his knee. Pete oh, yeah. was very specific about this. Yeah. I, saw, yeah. I watched the play, man. He got, he got twisted up bad. I think that's it, two steps below a knee thing, but one <laughs> step above an actual knee sprain. Eric, Eric, do you, do you think the, uh, the, this, okay, let's talk about this this uh, running back issue. Though. Are we gonna have to roll out the the corpse of of Beast Mode again? Is Marshawn Lynch coming back? Yo, what are we on. gonna <laughs> get out what, of here? What, what are we gonna do? Hollywood Marshawn Lynch? No, uh, we're going to uh, we're just gonna go with our plan of three running backs, and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, Travis Homer becomes available so we can get a running back again. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, okay, if Walker's has not played yet, Charbonnet is ostensibly back, but he did not appear in this game, the the Mott game, correct? He did correct. not record Yeah, it. one of his injuries healed, but they're, like, nursing another one or something. I don't know. Yeah, Keeping so now, on him. Charb- now, now we're, lo- now we're losing McIntosh. We're down to, to Dallas and, like, UDFAs. It's it is getting dire. Everyone laughed at me room. when I said Bijan Robinson. Everyone laughed at me. <laughs> I and you, you were right. You were right. Laugh at me. You were I'm right. No, I'm laughing. Like, I'm laughing because you were a prophet. You were. You're like the. Is this the part I point out? We drafted two running backs and still they're injured. Like so, what? Uh, you're you're voting that we uh, draft a Bijan Robinson injury? Is that? I do. I do vote that we should have drafted <laughs> Charbonnet. Also, Kevin, just yes. putting a hat on Bijan and Charbonnet. We need all Bichon of Bijan and Charbonnet. Like who? What idiot is behind this? And then you how many things do we have in this draft? Seven running backs. Who is in charge of this, Eric? So if running backs are the are the infinity stones, then I think that <laughs> Bijan would have to be the power. No, no, he would be the time be soul, stone. Stone stone. Okay. Yeah. And, anyway, you know how you manipulate the simulator with quarterbacks on PFF. For oh. Eric, you do the same thing with running backs. That's just if you draft, he's like A plus. Second round running back, A plus again. Third yeah, round, the, A plus, A plus. That's a, a plus. one of <laughs> oh, what, uh, the bit, listen. Kevin. A listener sent me a mock draft uh, in the in the Discord, and it was just all running backs every round. And then the first pick was like a C minus from PFF, and then after that, it was just F F F F F F F F. 
<laughs> I guess Dustin sent me that. It's so little funny. did they know. Uh, any my boy. Any, anyway, uh, yeah, I I don't. Kevin, should we kick the tires on any of these free agent running backs like Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, the Dalvin Cook, these guys all walk the streets. Dalvin Cook seems like he's going to be a Jet. He's like hanging out at their practices, but hasn't signed yet. Is hey, he's doing an unpaid internship with the Jets? This is a very interesting situation. We should get the union involved. Are we gonna? Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get any of these guys though? As one Dude, of them running back way? for America, they're using him in the <laughs> Jets classrooms without paying him correctly. Um, sorry, uh, I think that there's an appeal to signing one of those. There's there's some talented running backs out there, but I don't think any of these injuries have shown them to be sustaining enough like i don't think it's gonna be a long term out i think there's gonna be running backs to sign off the street for a good portion of the season so i don't think we have to run out and spend money on it especially because we do have four running backs that i think we're all comfortable rostering um dj dallas uh in addition to the two rookies in k9 yeah, as long as as long as two of these guys can get to the regular season healthy, but I'm starting to think that, that Zach would be... look pretty good in those throw or uh, Zeke would look pretty good in those throwbacks, wouldn't he? Little oh, throwback Zeke, oh, belly oh button no. uni. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> Throwback with the belly button. Ooh, yeah, you have an extra that's... long jersey. Prevent the belly button as much as possible. Prevent more it belly would, button. It would remind me Double of when we signed button. we we signed Adrian Peterson, where it's like, hey, this guy can still do goal line work. This guy can still catch the ball and block really good. He's not great anymore, but he can do stuff. <laughs> That's that's what signing Ezekiel I would feel like to me. What's AP do? We got some kids to whip in shape on there. Are you into Zeke though? Aren't you saying he's not? You, you did a whole yeah, speech. Like I said, he's, he's third, not. Third, he's not done. Third third down back Zeke Elliott. If you don't have to pay him more than th- like four million dollars, yeah, I'm into it. Now that we drafted Charbonnet, like I'm less excited about the idea. But if we're gonna nurse all these injuries, then yeah, bring him in. Let let him let him just. He's a good blocker. Like that, that's something you just can't like put a like. It's hard to. You can't, you can't have bad enough athleticism that you stop being a good <laughs> blocker as a running back. It's just like a thing that exists for you. He's a good pass catcher. He was good along, along the goal line last year, and in short yardage situations, which is something we've struggled with for Your quite Bryant some time. Kobach hatred is noted. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not a believer yeah. in the Kobach up. Uh, what? Uh, ta- Talapapa. Yeah. Wayne Talapapa. Hatred is noted. Not a big Talapapa guy. So Roderick Thompson Jr. Not a believer. Uh, I, I I went to the Chinese knockoff site and I got a Talapapa uh, knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a it's it's they, they got the throwback they got the throwbacks on it's an DH. inverted throwback <laughs> so it's green like the old Whalers jerseys. Uh, they got oh, a, they got the throwbacks on DH Gate now, guys. And uh, I'm just I just ordering uh, Tal- Talapapa and and oh, Ailers. That's those are my two jerseys. Okay, anyway, Dwayne Dwayne Ailers brew. Dwayne Dwayne Eskridge suspended six games. He did not get charged with a crime or anything, but apparently the NFL investigation turned up enough that it is worse than beating a guy up on camera in Vegas, Alvin Kamara, by twice as much. I just don't. I just trying to figure out what this is. I don't understand NFL punishments at all. Like it just doesn't no make does. any sense. I've watched a video of punishments Alvin Kamara. Catch rule: No one knows them. I've watched uh, a video of a guy getting beat beating Kamara Alvin Kamara beating a guy up and it's like now I have to I don't know it's just it's weird I, I, the whole thing's weird NFL punishment is weird I, um D. Eskridge at this point Eric are you just out on him completely like should we cut him I mean I've been out on this guy I think we've all been out on this guy for a long time yes uh they keep talking I'm, him up. they keep talking him up and he had three catches in the mock game yeah they they talked about uh who's the there's like a 
one of our undrafted free agents is really Jake having a good Bobo. Jake Bobo, seven catches, oh, seventy-six I'm not yards, and a about touchdown. Bobo, but let, we'll use Bobo for now because I can't remember the guy's name. It's not Bobo because I would have, I would have. There's a lot emergency of meeting. There's a lot of Bobo hype, dude. That Bobo hype is out of control. Esau Winston's also getting a little hype as a return guy. Yeah, and then little, uh, little WSU love. Hebert Griffin Hebert has been like the like sneaky as like the H back tight end guy that people are saying he's pretty he's been pretty solid as well. That's it. I don't know. I I uh, it's exciting to have like the UDFA's kind of showing up and and maybe earning a ro- a late roster spot. But we'll we'll get to cut downs. I mean, we're only like what two weeks away from preseason football. So like yeah, we're getting he, more cut downs are coming. We're gonna get there soon. So the story basically said, uh, you know, can he crack the lineup between you know these three Seahawk receivers and a resurgent. <laughs> D Eskridge and I was oh like boy. it did come on get just back D Eskridge out and now he's suspended I don't I have no idea why you would keep this guy unless you have to like oh if we cut him now he, we pay him more he, he can sue us he must be so good in practice like just think he's I, just that steady veteran presence in a young oh wide receiver room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he it's really shows pride. those youngsters like Tyler Lockett the way apparently yeah. Lockett didn't play in this game because he had a little tightness you know tightness oh, great. he got the veteran rest and I don't blame it I'll take the veteran he rest a on a guy like Lockett because, every uh, day of the week his his body is no longer youthful because he's had sex now so I was like good sir enjoy your honeymoon phase and uh show up on Sundays okay Pop one of us Big One love. of the highlights of the mock game, Pete Carroll threw the red challenge flag and won the challenge. I don't know what how or what that means, especially because like things like this will happen in the mock game where <laughs> Drew Locke will fail to convert on third down and then people just say, okay, keep the drive going. <laughs> Make yes. it first and 10. <laughs> so like I don't understand how he wins the challenge in this say, situation. Is, it, is, he the, is he the ref? Okay, do you want to know? Hey, you know, do you, do you want to know like a weird thing about the refs? Steve Smith yeah. w- was one of the refs. Uh, you know, Carolina Panther Steve Smith. Uh, Steve Smith that no, does those NFL <laughs> and that yeah, you know how he does those NFL's jobs things things or whatever. People think that he was filming one of those about refs and that he was like doing the mock game as part of it. Did he did he punch what about one of our receivers? <laughs> yeah, he punched Jake Bobo in the face. Yeah, did, he, did, the- he get, did he get in a fight with one of our cornerbacks? <laughs> No, <laughs> no. But apparently, someone yelled at him like Steve Smith in the crowd, and he turned around and waved. So that's how they knew it was Steve. Smith. All right, that's cool. He didn't give the finger. This guy's yeah. grown up. Good for him. <laughs> so. Uh, so the actual serious answer to your question is because uh, Pete's talked about this. They have the real refs come in so they can practice getting some of those calls right for the way that it's supposed to go. They treat it as a mock game for how they deal with the refs. So. Uh, that was Pete seeing how a rule is going to get called or how he thinks it's going to be called. I mean, good on him for believing that they're going to be consistent in how they enforce anything. But, you know, I mean, A for effort. Good job. Yeah. And what is it? What do they do? They went back to the video that doesn't exist. I don't know. <laughs> it was goofy. The whole situation is goofy. That's true. Uh, but, it, but it is funny that that they uh, that he challenged a call in a mock game. All right. One, of the, most, one of the most exciting things for me is – and I think most informational things was seeing how the first team defense uh, lined up in formation. We've talked about this a lot. Like, how are these guys going to line up? What's the what's the front front uh, seven going to look like? What's the back end of it going to look like? So first down, first play. This was the starting first team defense. Uh, Mafe and Nuosu were the outside linebackers with, and then Draymond Jones, uh, Jaron Reed, and Mario Edwards were in the middle. Now, uh, Daryl Taylor is hurt. Some people think that 
that might be Taylor instead of Mafe, but I'm not so sure because Mafe in the run game is a lot better. So I think if Taylor might be more of a of the uh, the spear when we need the pass rush as opposed to like the uh, I don't know shield when you <laughs> against the run game. Uh, it was Bush and, and Wagner, and then and then the we were in the nickel with Trey Brown, Mike Jackson, and Devin Witherspoon was the nickel cornerback. So I want to start with this, Kevin Spoon in the nickel. There's a lot of like talk about this, like oh Devin Witherspoon's lining up in the nickel. Oh, we spent a top five pick on a nickel cornerback. Like what are we doing? Um, does it bother you that Devin Witherspoon was in the in the nickel? Hell no. Okay, That's thanks. Zero percent. <laughs> Do you think they did it out of disrespect because it took them so long to sign his deal? No, they did it because they understand the modern NFL nickel cornerback is a starting job. Like, And the other thing is, what you're asking for from a guy playing the nickel in the modern NFL is the skill set that Witherspoon's really good at. I think he has inside-outside versatility, but having a guy, like putting him in that in the slot means that he's able to use his run-stopping skills better to help with what we're worried about for some of our front seven players. I just think, you know, if you're looking at putting the best starting group on the field witherspoon at nickel there's a good chance that's our best starting group yeah i agree witherspoon in the nickel is because he can help in the run game it's it's like they want they want a cornerback on the field but they want a cornerback who's not going to be a zero in the run game let's ask steelers fans how they feel about spending a first round pick on mika fitzpatrick and see if they think that like mm -hmm. employing someone who plays primarily in the slot is a bad idea How's everyone feel about Honey Badger? It's like, come on, you guys. Like, yeah. you could do a lot from that position, and he's a versatile enough player to take advantage of it. Right. And then, and sometimes when we have two cornerbacks in the field, maybe he does just go play on the outside. It's not like the end of the world. Eric, how much nickel do you think the Seahawks are going to play this year? Do you think that it becomes our primary formation? You ask me this every single season, at least three seasons. You, I mean, I mean, but it's like, but it's like a, it's like seems like every year we get closer. You know what I mean? Every question, I'd say last year was the first year I was like, no, I think they're going to stick more of a more into their new three four whatever they're doing. Uh, So I'm just going to go back the other way and say no, they're going back to four three. Like it's you're going to see less nickel. Um, I don't know. A third of the time is too much, probably. That's that's my review. Thanks, yeah, I don't, Seahawks. I, I don't know. I feel like they've they've got these guys now uh, with uh, safety. Jordan Love uh, yeah. with Love Witherspoon. Julian Love and, and Julian Love. Sorry, Julian Love. Jordan Love is the quarterback for the yeah, uh, that's the, the Packers. <laughs> Never Witherspoon, have too much Witherspoon and Jamal Adams. These guys who can play in the box. They're light but they won't embarrass them themselves in the run game. They can be effective in the run game, but like, let us lighten up our, our box so that it's not like, like Eric said, we're still kind of playing three, four slash four, three hybrid or whatever. But one of the guys is like a defensive back and he's not going to like mess up our defense. Like I could totally see a lot of like starting defensive lines where it's like, Hey, this is our defensive line. Uh, Draymond, Jaron and Mario in the middle. And on the outside, we got Nwosu and Jamal Adams. It's like, oh, Jamal Adams is the outside linebacker on this play. Like, yes, we're playing three, four concept, but like we're using a defensive back instead of uh, instead of the the thing. It's just going to be interesting. I like the kind of group of um, versatile players they've they've assembled here. And I do think the defense seems like it's going to be a lot better. I don't know. That's just my opinion. But it just seems like the defense is trending in the right direction. And I'm very, very excited. All about that toxic diff. Yeah, they're going to definitely make turnovers and sacks in the, in this game. Mafia had a strip sack. Jaron Reed and Draymond Jones both had interior sacks. Uh, like this is 
they're definitely looking to create sacks and to create turnovers and, and do that kind of stuff. It's very exciting. So, hey, uh, I'm going to ask you this, Eric. Do you want do you want Cardinals and 49ers or Rams and Seahawks? <laughs> I should ask you in the pre-show, but now I'll no, take, I'll take Rams Seahawks if I All can. Right. Here we go. So we're gonna, we're going to go over the NFC West. Uh, we're going to this is our our rival division. So this is this is it. This is our big uh, final kind of push here as we reviewed the NFL. So oh, I didn't write down any records or anything. This is this is bad. Okay, over unders NFL. This is like a this is not where you go behind the scenes where Nathan forgets something and then just has to like kind of kind of wing it so we're going to start off with the arizona cardinals the arizona cardinals over under okay can you guys try to guess this oh my gosh four and a half is it four and a half yeah it's four and a half yes <laughs> yes. What yes is four and a yes. half do you do you know why they four, saw yeah. their roster yeah i know but like the, the <laughs> whoa, next, whoa but the, kevin they've got such an awesome coach the next lowest is six and a an half upgrade. Like there's nobody even at five and a half. We just skip straight from six and a half down to four and a half. All right. Well, any, anyway, last year the last year the Arizona Cardinals uh, record. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. was four and thirteen. Four and thirteen. They're over under set at four and a half. They added Kaiser White, Dennis Daly, and Zach Pascal. They lost Zach Allen, Byron Murphy, and Justin Pugh uh, in the draft. Added. Offensive tackle Paris Johnson, defensive end BJ Ojolari, and Michael Wilson. Seahawks connection. This is, of course, the home, the new home of, of of the resurgent. This is finally him playing the role that he was always born to play. LJ Collier. Woo. Congratulations, bud. You did it. Uh, Kevin, tell me about with a, the with a quality organization. The Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals roster is one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Um, it kind of reminds me of those Texans teams where you're like, well, you have to spend a budget. So get over that bottom line, boys. Like. Their wide receivers, they have uh, Hollywood Brown, who, you know, who who has a skill set and is like an interesting number two receiver. Uh, Rondale Moore, who we're still not sure plays wide receiver and like some combination of Zach Pascal and Greg Dortch is probably going to be their number three receiver. And that the human Dor- the human Dortch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Then. Their offensive line is still question mark after question mark. I think Paris Johnson Jr. was a good draft pick for them, but the whole interior of their offensive line, I don't think you can really believe in. You have Kyler Murray, who's out until at best late in the season, and if you're smart, you're probably just sitting them all year because it's not like you're going to be in a playoff hunt. So this is going to be some combination of Clayton Toon and Colt McCoy starting at quarterback. Like, James Conner might be their most effective weapon, and he's James Conner, if you didn't know. Uh, They have... No real solid pass rush. Uh, Kaiser White was one of their best offseason acquisitions. Like Kaiser White, Kaiser White brings a lot of negative value in the run game. Lots of teams will, when Kaiser White's on the field, they'll just run directly at him. It's like a yeah, it's like it's like a serious problem. Like Isaiah Simmons to help with that. What what? No, they got that. Well, they got the other guy too. Another guy that's Saving should, Collins, yes. another positionless linebacker that they don't know what to do with. Great plan, guys. Like, yeah, this I, this, I don't this get team it. is Buda Baker and guys on defense. This is not good. That's so sad for Buda. This is a really too. this is a really bad roster, have, and I think four and a half wins might be kind. They have no their offensive line too. Like they spent their first round pick on a tackle when their only good offensive line players were tackles. That's pretty bad. Um, 
they have good Marquise Brown is good. That's that's um that's a compliment that I'm willing to pay them. This is a really bad roster, and it's not a very deep roster. It's just this is the this is year one of a of a reset for them. The they starters knew, are bad, but on the bright side, it's thin. <laughs> they, they they knew. I think that they know this is a reset year. They're they're gonna front load all their salaries into this year of the guys they want to keep. They're gonna figure out which guys they want to keep and which guys they want to get rid of. And then in this next off season, they have two first round picks next year, including Houston's, which means they're probably gonna have two top ten picks. They can really reform the roster the way they want to. The problem is, is that everyone hates the Cardinals. Nobody wants to play for this team because they make you pay for your own lunches. Like this is like the worst run franchise in the NFL, and so it's a problem. F- for me, for me, like it's like, how do they get better? Well, they're not going to attract any free agents because I think it's like known around the league. Like this is like one of the worst franchises to play for. So it's tough for them. It's really difficult. They're going to have to trade for talent or they're going to have to draft talent and they're going to have to hope that Kyler Murray returns to form. I'm just not sure that that's a bet that I would want to make. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah. For like when your quarterback's five, nine and relies on his legs, having a major leg injury is not uh, not ideal to say the Rough. least mm-hmm. uh, eric eric bury the cardinals with us <laughs> oh it's easy to bury the cardinals <laughs> talking about uh, before this podcast started i said you know doing these division pre- previews i look at you know what like like the the round table of experts across the internet what they have for each team kind of gives you an idea of like the consensus of what you know the ether will feel and the cardinals are all over the place but no one has them more than six wins Six wins is if they think Kyler Murray is going to play this whole year. There's no way this team is going to not have two top 10 picks next year uh, unless the, the Texans break out because the Cardinals sure will not break out. Uh, I'd say it's scary times in Arizona, but man, it's uh, it's just Arizona being Arizona. I have this team at three wins. I mean, their starting outside corners are Antonio Ham- Hamilton Sr., the 30-year-old journeyman outside corner who has never really done anything anywhere and marco wilson it's like who's most famous for throwing a shoe and losing his team a game correct that's like it's very bad him and racehorses have a lot in common i'm uh i'm at for the for me the cardinals are at two and 15 uh i am sitting right with eric on three wins i think that two might have been kind because i gave them two divisional wins oh is it against the seahawks because we're not wearing wolf gray no, it's because uh, we are going to their home field, and their home field's cursed. Let's see. I have them beating San Francisco and the Rams. No, I do not have them beating us. Okay. Uh, the next team, the Los Angeles Rams, went 5-12 and 12 last year. They're over under a set of 6.5, with under being a slight favorite at minus 120. Uh, they added Hunter Long. They lost. Take a deep breath here. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp, Sean Robinson, Baker Mayfield, Nick Scott, Greg Gaines, Troy Hill, David Edwards. Also, their Seahawks connection here. They lost Rams legend Bobby Wagner uh, is now now gone, and they have gained Seahawks legend Gallo <laughs> Witherspoon. Um, same level, of, <laughs> same le- same level of legend there uh, in the draft. They added Steve Avila, Byron Young, and Kobe Turner. Eric, uh, go ahead. Just just. This is your chance. This is our chance. We've all been waiting for this. A year where the clearly the Rams suck. Oh, man, so I thought ex- Steve so Avila was a Steve Avila was a good pick because I, I I thought here's, maybe we were going to. Here's draft the thing: him. those picks, like in a vacuum, those are good picks. Like their their draft picks are good. They just didn't Except have. Bennett. They just don't. Yeah, well, Stetson Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but you, you need veteran leadership on that team, and and the 
the, the thing is that this these guys though they did a good job drafting it's just it's just uh they don't have first round picks because yeah. they traded them all for the super bowl which i mean fine. i don't know if you're gonna max out and, and get a super bowl i guess that's cool i have never yeah. been part of a you know a seattle team's never done that i don't think yeah, never, never traded everything to win one Super Bowl. Yeah, and it seems whenever teams do that, it almost like everyone knows it's going to work. Like the Florida Marlins, um, the Rams, the Rams before did it. Um, the mm-hmm. Cardinals tried to do it. Um, so this roster is funny. This is kind of like the Cardinals roster, but with talent. Meaning it's just yeah, a bunch which, of guys. There's a few. Have, there's a few good players in here. Yeah. Yeah. There's like <laughs> a sprinkling of like superstars. So it's. Guys Start and scrub draft strategy, yeah. Didn't do much and are coming off injury or just aging. Uh, Matthew Stafford is going to play some games this year. Uh, maybe five. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> they still have a good receiving core. Um, now that Steve Avila joins, that'll be pretty cool. Um, they still have uh, Aaron Donald, which is amazing that he's still on that team. I don't know why he didn't retire. After the yeah, Super Bowl, <laughs> they're they're really gonna they're really gonna put to the test the idea of like, hey, can your defense be literally one dude? It's, <laughs> they're really like they're, they're really like, hey, we're gonna try that. You think that that might not be the this is we got one guy. His name's Aaron Donald. Everyone else in this defense is trash or really unproven. Let's yeah. not. I'm I'm not really to I'm not ready to say like all these guys are definitely bad, but they are very unproven. Like there is not another proven defender on this defense other than uh, Aaron Donald. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go with the under of seven wins, I think that's a mistake. I think the the Rams will show a little more fight than they did last year. I think they had what five wins last year. Um, it's I think this team has a chance to have more wins than five. <laughs> I think it's possible. As, I think yeah. it's possible as well. Like I I was between six. I'll admit, I'll just tell you I was between six and five wins for these guys. Like the offense is probably going to move the ball. I don't think that this is like the most embarrassing offense I've ever seen. And if, if Stafford is healthy enough to be decent, they got Cooper cup. They have, they have running backs who can run the ball. Their offensive line is fine. This will be, Still they will a be good coach. They'll be okay on offense. The defense on the other hand. Um, <clears throat> wow. Well, you notice I didn't, you didn't, I didn't talk about the defense. <laughs> wow. They are just, wow. This is a, wow. Just Aaron Did Donald. Make my line. Uh, the Donald. one I was going to give is this defense lacks NFL starters at a lot of spots. A lot, like 10, <laughs> like all but one. I, I just don't understand. Like I said, the, the, a lot of guys on this defense will get a chance to prove themselves. You guys ever see the bad news bears? Sorry. I hope they have their it's first the round same. pick. Next year. <laughs> that's, that, that's what I'll say for the Rams is I hope they have their first round pick next year because they need it. They need it bad because they're going to need to re- either draft a premier defender or replace Matthew Stafford, either of which is not like an appealing uh, thing. Hope the, the best case for the scenario for the Rams this year is like Stafford is really good again. Like he's back to kind of being Matthew Stafford. Their offense is awesome and they win seven games. Like that's like the ideal scenario. That's like everything goes right for the Rams. I, I think that's how it goes because their defense is just so bad that it's going to be hard for them to, to stop anyone from scoring when they need to. So have fun, Rams fans, if you're listening. I hope you enjoy <laughs> this season. Uh, I do. They do have their first round pick, so that'll be good for them, I guess. So they have Cooper Cup coming back. They have Van Jefferson. That's two good receivers. The rest of the receiver core, they should be able to get like one more playable player out of. I would think. I really like so, Puka Nakua. I think that's like actually a sneaky 
sneaky dude. I think that's an interesting player. I also, uh, they have Demarcus Robinson who kind of gives a floor and Ben Skoranek who kind of gives a floor. So between Nakua, Robinson, and Skoranek, the odds of them getting no number three receiver is kind of low. Yeah. Uh, but like there's significant questions on the interior of their offensive line. Um, which version of Rob Havenstein do we get? Because he's kind of a disappearing, reappearing right tackle. Um, Joe Noteboom still has some significant issues and he will just straight up lose you a game every once in a while because he'll just get whooped by the guy across from him. That's a bit of a problem, especially when Matthew Stafford's got a significant issue with back injuries. And that's not something that really goes away. And if you take Matthew Stafford out of this equation, they go from having an above average offense to a bad offense. And that couples with a defense that is what Aaron Donald and three starting NFL level players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like huge questions at outside corner. Um, if you're kind, they have one and a half linebackers. Like I, I think what Nathan said is correct. Kobe Turner, Byron Young. Um, I think Jason Taylor was taken kind of late. He's an interesting player. Um, more a box safety than a free safety, but we'll see. Like, I think they drafted guys that are pretty good, but those guys aren't going to be able to help this season. This is a deficient roster that's relying on injury prone players. I'm at four and thirteen. I have them at five and twelve. And you guys don't believe in the power of Matthew Stafford playing more of the season than he has since the Super Bowl. I got this team all the way at seven wins. Yeah, I think if if if, uh, if Stafford stays healthy, seven wins is easily in the range of outcomes for them. All right, let's head to San Francisco or Santa Clara. Sorry. 49ers 13 and four last year. They're over under set in 10 and a half. Huge favorite for over at minus 145. They added Zane Gonzalez, Clellan Farrell and Javon Hargrave. They lost Mike McGlinchey, Jimmy G, Car- Charles Omenihu, Jimmy Ward and Samson Ekubom. They drafted Jake Moody, Jair Brown and Cameron Latu. Seahawks connection. They brought back Seahawks legend Gary Hyder, and of course Seahawks practice squad legend Daryl Johnson. Uh, it's Kevin. Kevin, what do you what do you think? Um, you know what works really well, having unproven quarterbacks and a questionable offensive line. Uh, I mean, this is another team that's really stressing Nathan's one true offensive lineman theory. They, they still have Trent Williams. I guess that, that guy's out. That there. is what they have. They'll be they all have right. Trent Williams. He is good. He is good. So um, good. So all their plays should be rolling left because otherwise <laughs> this is I mean, dire. I want to explain like my theory a little bit is like Trent Williams is a perfect example of this is that they can scheme now where it's like Trent Williams just erases one defender by himself no matter what. And then it makes everyone else's jobs so easy comparatively. So that's like that's kind of what the, the core of my like one great offensive lineman theory is like this guy is going to erase someone from the face of the earth and then it will make everyone else look so much better and make their jobs so much easier. And that's a reasonable theory. Uh, The, the issue is that I feel like the other four guys could work two double teams against two other defensive linemen and still might get beat. Like, yeah, this, I don't, that's, that's what I mean when I say this is stressing. I don't really get letting, I don't really let, get letting McGlinchey walk like that. Like, I don't it, think they can afford him. I just, they could, they just spent the money elsewhere. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, it was on Javon Hargrave because they're kind of reliant on having that uh, like significant playmaking defensive line. So I, I think the offense is a lot more questionable than people are willing to say right now. Um, people don't want to question Kyle Shanahan, but 
let's remember Kyle Shanahan's coached. Uh, like, is is his career record still a losing record? I can't remember. It was going into last season. It's right on the borderline. I can look it up for you. Um, and so when he hasn't had his quarterback, it's been a problem for them. Uh, I think he could build an offense around Brock Purdy's skill set. He is now, be... now 52 and 46. Well, let's not spend it all in one place, boys. He's had um, th- uh, three losing seasons and three winning seasons. So. And so I think Trey Lance is going to have to be like a sunk cost. I It would be pretty impressive. Trey Lance and Sam and, and the Darnold uh, being good, I would find equally surprising, which means Brock Brady's going to have to come in and show that the end of last year wasn't a fluke. And really, he's just Jimmy G on a rookie deal, which is not a bad guy to have. But I think we've seen how far that team goes. I so really then like... switch over to the defensive side of the football and they lost some really <laughs> important players like losing Jimmy Ward is not nothing. You know, I. Uh, uh they lost Ebicom uh, uh, and Amenahu, um, who are good role players. Aziz Alshair um, came on and was an important linebacker for them last year. He was uh, he was really important depth when they had injuries at the position. Emmanuel Mosley, when he's been healthy, has been a really good corner for them. Um, their talent level overall on the roster is going down. Uh, I think there's reasons to worry in Santa Clara. There. So here's the problem I have. They're good. This is a good roster. The thing is, is that they don't have depth and they should like Javon Kinlaw just being a zero is, is really hurts them. Their drafting has been bad. That's because they, and it's, they really needed some of these guys, Javon Kinlaw, Solomon Thomas. Like they've drafted these guys who just have turned out to be nothing and, and with top 10 picks. And it, it's kind of hurt their overall roster building because if those, if those guys were dudes, like if they had those guys able to play and contribute, this roster would be deep and I wouldn't be so worried. This roster is two injuries away from being like a fringe playoff team right now. It's a good, if I'm, but I'm not going to pick for injuries and I'm not going to assume injuries as it stands. This roster is a, is, is a division title challenging, like very good it could, NFC ro- championship roster, but they're, they're close. I don't understand why you trade a seventh round pick for a kicker and then pick a kicker in the third round of the draft. That is like <laughs> yeah. the most bizarre, like, like, <laughs> Like, do you just hate seventh round picks? Like, I don't understand. They're going to cut Zane Gonzalez. There's no way they get that seventh round pick back for him. They're just going to cut him and then keep Jake Moody. Like, it, I, it's so ridiculous. They were just it's, worried Jake Moody wouldn't be there in the third. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess. That, that. I mean, that's seriously probably what. <laughs> All-time quote. I think they didn't. Th- this team also needed a first and second round draft pick this year. Like, this year more than most, they needed a first and second round pick to kind of... Uh, and they needed them to, to be effective picks. To get yeah. depths. Like, they just need, like, like they need one more interior offensive lineman just to add to the depth. They need, they need maybe, like, a weapon guy or a cornerback to add to the depth. And they just aren't able to do that because they traded all their draft picks for Trey Lance, and he's going to be their third string quarterback. Like that, that's just rough. That's rough. Like it's not, it's not good. Not so ideal roster building because, because of that, this team is two injuries away from a disaster, but as it stands with no injuries, I, I like it that I like Brandon Ayuk. I think he's a really good football player and he's kind of continually grown as he's been in the NFL, which is something that's to be impressed. Cause he started off in the doghouse. Like they didn't use him at all. He seemed like Shanahan hated him and he's just continually gotten better and better too. I think he's better than Debo Samuel. Now I, I said it two years ago and I was wrong, but now I'm ready to to get back on that corner. <laughs> ready like, to be right. Ready to be right about Brandon Ayuk. Uh, the McCaffrey trade obviously is great. McCaffrey is is really good. As if he can stay healthy, that's awesome. But now now they don't have to rely on Elijah Mitchell, and he's a very good 
change of pace slash second running back that they have uh, ready to go if McCaffrey struggles with injury. The defense has really talented players. Hargrave, Armstead, Greenlaw, Warner, Hufanga. Like these are really, really good defensive players. All those guys could be pro bowlers at the end of the year, and it wouldn't surprise me. So because of that, the defense is awesome. This is a good, this is a good team. This is our primary, this is our primary team we need. This is the mountain we need to climb if we're going to be the division champions right here. Because this team is is good. So yeah. Eric, what do you think about the 49ers? Well, everything you said, uh, this team is still it's stacked and it's it sounded like they couldn't decide between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, and they have both. Uh, so they have at least depth at quarterback. Kyle Shanahan is still a quarterback whisperer. Um, he may not be a great team coach, but it doesn't matter. His roster is stacked, so uh, he'll be over 500 this year. For the rubber season, uh, I have this team at 11-6. and six. Uh, I can't assume they're going to have injuries. Uh, every team does, but I feel like they're going to be able to bounce back enough. They're not going to be the world beaters that a lot of people are picking them, though. A lot of people have this team 13-4. and four. Uh, I've seen 14-3, and three, which is absurd. 11-6 um, is where I have them snuggling in at. I have them at 12-5 and five and pretty much the same as you, Eric. Like It's a good roster, but um, schedule is not like the, the easiest uh, schedule, and I think that really what's going to determine the division is how these games go against us. So and we get we get the away game coming off a of bye. So I really feel uh, very good about that, and um, yeah, I like, I'm I'm excited to see to see uh, to see what happens. This is this is the t- this is like I said, this is the mountain we're going to climb. This is the team to beat here. So Kevin, what do you have, Matt? I've seen Shanahan teams with questionable quarterback play behind poor offensive lines, and it's not a pretty picture even when the defense is good. The thinness worries me a lot. I'm at nine and eight. All right. Uh, so oh wait, we'll go over. I guess we can do the last team, but the biggest difference is I think. And records, I think, for all of us, whereas the Packers, this team, and uh, the Atlanta Falcons, right? Those are, I think, were the ones we had like the biggest ranges on. There was no no other ones that had huge ranges. Maybe the Seahawks, though. Here we go. Seahawks last team. Uh, the Seahawks uh, went nine and eight last year. Their over under set eight and a half. It's minus one fifty. It's already at nine in some sports books. That's how much people are hammering the the over for Seahawks. Uh, we added Draymond Jones, Bobby Wagner, Julian Love, Jaron Reed, Devin Bush. We lost Puna Ford, Rashad Penny, and Eric's sweetheart, Cody Martin. Drafting <laughs> Devin Witherspoon, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and Zach Charbonnet, Derek Hall in the first two rounds. Eric, what do you see this year for our Seattle Seahawks? Oh, I see a year of hope. <laughs> uh, last year was kind of funny because we looked at it like, oh, man, uh, you know, Russ is not here. Can Gino do it? And we were all hesitantly. Yeah, I think I think Gino can maybe do it. And Gino surprised a lot. Um, I think that he's in line for possible regression. Although he could just be a guy who does exactly what he did last year because he he definitely regressed at the end of last season. I felt um, big things for me. Jamal Adams. He's coming back at some point to play at some point at some position. Um, if we can put Jamal Adams, <laughs> hold on. If we can put Jamal Adams in a pass rush role that we kind of tried to take him away from a little bit, I feel like. Sorry, I, I thought see. you were gonna say if we could put Jamal Adams in a bubble mailer. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but but uh, like yeah, play, play him in a, play him in a, play him in like the slot, but have him be like kind of you know, oh, is he gonna pass rush? Is he gonna cover? Like what? Yes, the, but I want him pass rushing most of the time. I feel that's the only way he can really fit in on this team right now. Um, I. I'm so disappointed in that trade. 
And I'm sad for him too because he doesn't want to, you know, he didn't want to have his career go this way. He's uh, a Julian, gamer, yeah. He's probably yeah, not, he, yeah. He really is, and he he tried to be the heart of the defense as soon as he came in, and you could tell he really wanted to be here, which I always love. Uh, speaking of love, Julian Love, I like this addition. Hey, it'll it'll be fun to see what it does for the secondary, uh, along with Devin Witherspoon. Uh, I'm excited for this team. I think the only thing that is a real concern for me um, is our health because I don't know if that's our trainer or if it's just luck of the draw, but I'm worried about our depth at running back, um, our depth at offensive line, and our defensive line. Are we going to get any sort of pressure on a consistent basis to make the secondary stand out the way that it should? Um, those are really my concerns to the Seahawks this year. So my my big thing when I look at this roster is that um, when I look at other rosters, I see like, oh, there's they have this star and this star, and then, you know, okay, they kind of don't. This team runs like too deep across the board and guys that are like respectable NFL players, except for an offensive tackle, <laughs> and, which is worrying. Like you said, offensive line, I was a guess. I see what you're saying. Because if yeah. Lucas or Cross gets hurt, like I am not, I do not want to be on Greg Island. Like <laughs> I don't, I do not want to. Stone Forsyth is not, not my, uh, my, my ideal situation there. And like the running back health is already bad, but if those guys are all can get to the regular season and we have all those guys, like the depth is good there. If you know, these injuries turn out to be not so serious, we'll find, we'll find out in the coming weeks how that is. But like, I look at like the defense, you know, it's like Draymond Jones, Brian Monet, Jaron Reed, Mario Edwards, Cam Young, like Mike Morris. This is a good solid, like six dudes for a rotation. Mafe, Taylor, Noosu Hall. That's a good solid four dudes for a rotation. And, you know, then we got Brooks, Wagner, Bush, and apparently Patrick O'Connell is like killing training camp. So I'm like, I'm now Patrick O'Connell truther. Dude, he's um, a tackle machine. He's interesting. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm like Patrick O'Connell's making the team. And not only that, he's going to be good. And then. So Radigan Cor- not going to be our linebacker. I don't think so. I don't oh. think so. I think everyone's saying Ben Burkirvin is like back too. like, he's, he looks better than he's ever looked in a Seahawks uniform, which makes me think that Radigan, <laughs> Radigan's really unnoticed because Burkirvin's obsessively just a special teamer right like he's just gonna be like a special teams dude so yeah i don't i don't know how you you fit him on the roster with radigan and then uh cornerbacks you know jackson burns brown Breek, witherspoon kobe like that's six guys who can all play nfl cornerback and then safety same thing love adams Diggs, and then jarek reed's been showing up in training camp too so that might be like I love how this roster is constructed for depth. The problem is, is that like we need some of these stars to be stars. I need DK Metcalf to get like fourteen hundred yards and eight touchdowns this year if this team's going to be a Super Bowl contender. I need Draymond Jones to get ten sacks. I need Chenoweth to get ten plus sacks. I need Reek Willen to be fully healthy and get six. Like the we need some of these guys to come out and be and play like absolute superstars because that's what's going to take us from being a first round playoff team that maybe could get frisky and win a playoff game to being a super bowl contender we right now this roster looks good it's solid across the board there's not like any like really crazy holes but there is not a place where i'm like oh yeah that's the superstar who's gonna like when we really need one play like like the tip you know we don't like is Tariq Willen ready to do the tip is is um are these guys ready to to catch you know to play in the championship games and make the big plays? Like that's what we need. We need those guys. And I'm just I'm I'm excited to see can we make the leap? Because if if we if those guys can make the leap, if if you know Metcalf can be you know a top five wide receiver instead of a top fifteen wide receiver, if Tariq Wollen can be the number one cornerback or top five cornerback in the NFL, 
Like this team, the sky's the limit. There is no limit on how good this team can be, but those things need to happen because right now it just looks like a, like a really good solid playoff team, like a low end playoff team to me. So Kevin wrap us up on the Seahawks and we'll get into our records here. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it. It's the depth of the team is something that's really cool. It's every time I go over the roster and I'm talking about like, oh, you know, like Witherspoon could slot in a corner, um, could be a nickel, could play outside. If you haven't met nickels and Kobe's getting some looks at safety, which is really cool. And I'm thinking about that. And I kept realizing I keep coming back to like building the defense without Jamal Adams and really liking the defense, especially the back end of it. And it's like, man, if Jamal Adams can is if Jamal Adams is healthy and you add a really dynamic player, like you can't forget Jamal Adams was a top five safety in the NFL when he was healthy, when that deal was made, he was a top five safety. And so if you can add that level of talent back in where I feel like it is a, a middle to top third of the NFL defense without him, then with him, you're talking about, you're talking about a really good defense. And I don't think anybody on this podcast is going to argue that the Seahawks should be anything outside of, uh, you know, competing for a top five offense. Like this should be one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL. We have depth at running back. We have talent running back. We have the best three receivers that we've had in franchise history. And one of the best sets of three receivers in the NFL right now. And all you need Geno Smith to do is go back there and be, Jared Goff and G- Geno, Geno Smith, Smith can be Jared Goff. Our passing offense is top five. Easy. Geno Smith has commanded the the offense in the in the preseason. I mean, it just it does not look like last year was a mirage at all to me. And when they uncorked his arm in the middle of the year, and he showed that he could threaten with the deep ball, like it became a really complete look. So, yeah, it, it's the talent is pretty hard to deny. Like the stories about uh, Olu coming in and competing for the center spot. Um, Bradford's supposed to look pretty good. Like the interior of our offensive line, did we free up the money so that we could uh, sign Damian Lewis a little earlier? Like we just came with that deal with Jenna and uh, all signs indicate that Jenna's going to be able to outplay the level of that contract. Like it's a little bit of protection, but I don't think it's surprising when he comes away with 12 sacks this year. Yeah, it's... Mm. It's, it's exciting. It's a really like, talented th- roster, yeah. There's a lot of... Put- I think there's like a lot of put- three in the NFC roster. There's a lot of potential. That's not saying anything. <laughs> you say that like it's like so good, but like, yes, I do think this is like the fourth best roster in the NFC. I, but if I you would, get I, into the Super Bowl, do but you the think NFC that has a lot AFC of AFC team rosters? that they can't beat. Uh, I would, I would be really scared to play the Chiefs, the Bengals, Bills, Ravens. I would be like, I would, I would. But would expect you be us shocked to, if we beat them? No, but I would expect us right. to be like seven point underdogs. Would you is, get to play two of those on the way here? It would take an upset, yeah. So that's exciting. But um, it's it's that whole it's 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 when you get into the playoffs, if you can get into the Super Bowl from your side, you just have to come out and play the game of your life once. And we've seen that happen. Yeah. This schedule is also very interesting because we've got if you're looking at optimistically games are gonna win, then I think the schedule goes one way. If you look a little more like well, we never win the games we're supposed to win, and we always <laughs> get a game we shouldn't. The Pete Carroll way of doing things. Um, uh, I, I, def- I definitely picked it that way, Eric. 
where I, I did too. Where, where it's like we want I have us winning some games where I'm like, yeah, it's probably a little unrealistic that we win this game, but but we went, we're gonna win. But this losing one. a few, we're like, but, oh, that's a punch in the D. Yes, <laughs> but we're losing a game where we're losing a game down the stretch that we absolutely should not lose, and and uh, and then it's just like ah, oh, so Seahawks when we're in a division dogfight with the 49ers. Anyway, I was at twelve and five. What do you guys got? Ooh, ten and seven. Uh, I have ten and seven as well. Yeah, I'm very I'm very optimistic actually, because uh, like I said, if to the, if we can get some leaps, some some big jumps from some players, this is as good of a roster as I like Kevin said, as good as a roster as anyone else in the NFL and the NFC. It's like Eagles is number one, then it's like Cowboys and 49ers number two, and then I think you can make a real serious argument that we're right there uh, behind those teams, and it's us and then. I'm into Falcons, so Falcons is the next one for me, but other people maybe not so much. All right, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. It's for a little as $1.24 a month. Uh, join the Discord, hang out with us, um, listen to me and Brett talk on the phone every once in a while <laughs> next season during the uh, after the games. Thank you to those who support the show. Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, James, Joe, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Micah, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Thomas, Werewolf, Brandon, and Nick. All right. Uh, New Ninja Turtles movie came out, so I thought it'd be fun if we tried to rank, like, incarnations of the turtles i i eliminated some off the bat they're just they're now honorable mentions i have it down to a top, like a top 12 and we're just going to try to put them in order from you know uh, Nathan, worst, can you put that back in it's, worst to uh, first oh the the link yes yeah, since yeah. i got comcasted it's gown all right i think it's because i started the new episode when we that had works. the restart there you go so okay let's uh let's get in here um we're gonna try to put them worst to first so we'll start with the one that we think is the worst. The ones that I have listed here. And if there's an incarnation of the turtles that you are really mad that I uh, did not mention, please put it on the Discord. Uh, I would love to talk to you about it, actually, because I love this stuff. Okay, with the 1984 Mirage comic, that's the uh, the OG. The 1987 cartoon, that's the one that I think most people are the most familiar with. Uh, 1996's Image Comics. The 2003 Fox an- short-lived Fox animated series. The 2007 TMNT movie. 2012 Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles, the 90s Turtles movies, which is the the live action ones with Kevin Nash. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought really, I just really think it's funny. It. That's a all Kevin right, Nash. Kevin, right. Kevin Nash plays the Super Shredder. Uh, and anyway, the IDW Turtles comics, uh, which is the the current ones, right, Eric? Then, I believe so. No, no, Mirage that. is back. Mirage is back. Oh, okay. What? Yeah, okay. The Michael Bay's Turtles. Fun. The, the next Ninja Turtles, the next mutation, which was like the uh, Ninja Turtles by the people who made Power Rangers. Saban. Um, Rise, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is the most recent television show. And then uh, Turtles Forever, which was like a weird crossover thing that someone did where or it's like a movie where they like crossed over different generations of the Turtles. But it feels different than other iterations of the Turtles. So I wanted to put it in here. All right. What's the worst one? It's uh, got to be Saban, n- right? Next mutation, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I. Here's how bad it is. It's so bad that I am clearly going to say it's worse than the Michael Bay ones, which is really hard to do because there's a joke in the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie where Michelangelo sees April and says his shell is swelling, and that is a disgusting thing to have. That happen. is a disgusting act, and I still think that the Saban one is worse. <laughs> that, should, that, should, that should tell you. How much I don't like uh, this one. So, but 
Is everyone okay with Michael Bay Turtles as the next one? Yes. That's the next worst. <laughs> I think so. Okay. All right. I mean, we're on this. We're on the same. Fox got to got employer somewhere. Yeah, it's it's cool. You got to you got to really perv on Megan Fox in your movies, Michael Bay. It's really awesome. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so my next worst I would like to nominate is uh the uh, uh the Nickelodeon one from the 2010s. Was that yeah, 2012 Nickelodeon? I actually yeah, think that one's I actually think that one's all right. I, I think night I'll be honest, I want to put 1987 cartoon next. What? It's so it's so corny. I don't think I can let you do that. <laughs> and I just want to I just want to get it in here as soon as possible because like I think that, that almost all time faves, man. It's just I went back and watched some. I've watched all of these now recently with my son, like most of them, the TV shows, the animated series, and I have very strong opinions on like which ones I found most enjoyable. Without that, that cartoon, no one would ever have pizza. I don't disagree that like it had its influ <laughs> it's influential. But like it's just like not What about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pies that came out the great with the green ooze the green oh my ooze. gosh oh no it's just green icing on top and then like this disgusting yellow ooze in the middle so it was like good. white it was white vanilla it actually tasted kind of good yeah oh actually, my gosh uh it's always sunny philadelphia had their season premiere be about them and i was like is this for me personally is the matrix <laughs> leading my what direction? about the image comics where they tried to make it overly gritty yeah that, i could see that i can go that direction i'd i'd go that way also uh i don't know one of these movies I'm, yeah, I'm, the mo- the movies, the movies maybe is right that, there too. That 2007 movie isn't very good. Oh, I actually don't mind it. I think it's I okay. Have to put the, okay, so the 2012 Nickelodeon and the 2007 TNMT, I feel like those belong next to each other wherever we're putting them. The 2007 TMNT movie? The 2007 TMNT movie and the 2012 Nickelodeon movie, they belong I, next to each other. I agree. I the Nickel okay. The thing on the Nickelodeon show is, I just think it's like a, it's a really like solid iteration of. It feels like Turtles. So then, like, what about Turtles feel, Forever? Should that be before or after those? Uh, before. It's. I think actually it it's should worse. go. It's worse than those. It's, yeah, yeah okay. it's pretty bad. It's just it I'm doesn't fine. make sense. Okay, so right now our our list is the worst is Saban, then Michael Bay, then 1996 Image Comics, then Turtles Forever, then 2007. Wait, 2003 Fox should be already be on here. No, uh, 2003 Fox be... was good. What? Yeah, I watched that one with my kids. It's it's like okay. If you think that one is way is way better than the 2012 Nickelodeon, I think it is better. I I don't know about way better, but I do think it's what better. I what I really like is you guys respect me enough to not just be like bashing Rise of the Teenage Mutant Turtles in front of me. <laughs> you because you know it's like my favorite. So, so okay, I, but so... I, I know in your hearts you want to put it on this list already. Okay, we can go Fox next then. I think Fox. Like yeah, here. 2003 is like a little grittier, and 2012 is more like everyone's Michelangelo. Correct. Well, 2000 ish. 2012 is like 1987, but like I think ele- elevated a little, modernized. Like it feels, it plays better to my modern sensibilities, but it does feel like it was trying to channel the same spirit as 1987 cartoon. I will put Rise next then. I agree. Rise. Okay, I'm going to tell you why Rise is my favorite. I would put it. I would put it probably second behind the. The IDW, the New Turtles comics, which I really like. That's gonna um, be number one for me. So, but but uh, but the the, the reason it's definitely better than '90s Turtles movies. By the way, I feel like we should have put that on. <laughs> but if I'll you just want to put '90s Turtles movies behind Fox animated series, that's fine. But 2003 Fox and Rise, I think, belong next to each other because they do but, some stuff really well and some stuff really not well. 
I'm going to tell you three things I like about Rise of the Teenage Ninja Turtles. And I know a lot of people hate this show. Um, number one, it's legitimately funny. Two, best action animation in any animated series I've ever seen in my life. And three, they gave all the turtles distinct visual profiles, which is something that they've needed to do for so long. And I'm so mad that it's not going to stick because people didn't like this sh- show. Like that bothers me. But like, I think that like giving each turtle its own visual identity is like, is cool and something that should have been done a long time ago. Anyway, uh, Eric, do you have strong opinions about this list right now? I just want to, I feel like I haven't heard from you in too long. Well, it's just, we're just as it's kinda, forming, it's kind of yelling out. Here we go. Nineties um, turtles movie. The first movie I think is great. All the others are trash and they only get worse as it goes on. Okay. It led, it led to the Saban TV show. Like it, that's <laughs> so that's why like, where does it belong on this list for you? I the first movie near the top, everything else at the very bottom, like Saban so, and then those. So you got to take it as like a whole package. Now. I, I actually like don't think the package? second. I actually don't think the second movie is that bad. Come on, it's, it's Secret just, of the Ooze. It's okay. So they trained. They changed April because April was like, I don't want to do anything that's too violent, and they're like, you can't tell us what to do. And then they came out and they were like, hey, a lot of moms wrote letters. We can't make this too violent. So they <laughs> appeased they appeased all these parents that really have no business talking about my turtles that I grew up with. Because <laughs> I was I was a teenager at that time and I was Back like, off, What are you Dad. doing? Like, you guys are you guys are mad about nothing. Oh, dads dads are just reading the newspaper because that's what they had back then, Kevin. Um <laughs> Like the third Turtles movie is like the worst thing ever put to film. It's I'll Turtles give you that. Time. Yeah, there are terrible. so many moments in the third Turtles movie that make me think of the early Planet of the Apes where it's like, don't watch the mouth, not move. Okay, you- fine. I would say I don't I don't want to insert it anywhere. I would rather put <laughs> I would rather let me Ayo. since since we it's, went it, this I think it is a, no. I, what we is your, shell, right is your shell swelling? My shell has been swelling for a while. Kevin had all these talks about where he thinks all these all these go together. <laughs> The rest of the list goes in order of bad to best. Uh, 90s Turtles movie, probably 87 cartoon. Mm-hmm. I agree Mirage so far. comics, IDW comics. Okay, I, I'm in complete agreement. You nailed it. <laughs> no, 10 out of 10, no notes. I yep. think those are those are, those are great. That was hey, the, you, that was the rank I hoped it land on. So uh, I would put '90s Turtles movies like a little lower and '87 cartoon a little lower, but I think this list is great. Uh, Eric, uh, why is the IDW comics the best incarnation of Turtles too? Um, because Kevin Eastman is back on the title. Um, it's got a lot of history to pull from. They're doing what they've always done in the sense of they want a certain continuity. But then they'll stray from continuity and do like a a branching what if. So like the last Ronin. There's, yeah, there's last one Ronin last ruled. turtle. There's one turtle left. Who is it? We don't know. Um, it, it, spoiler, it's someone. I'm not going to talk about it. But uh, they always branch out into different in different realities. And then they come back to that, that canon. And it, it works. It works for no other comic like the Turtles. Yeah, they do like the miniseries, like they did the Usagi Ujimbo thing, they did the Casey and April, they did uh, the Ghostbusters crossover, the Batman crossover, like all that stuff's good. Like they, they just do a good, they've done a good job of like, um, because Turtles has always been in, Turtles has always been in a weird spot. Turtles has always been in a weird spot where it's like, it's a parody, right? Like it's a parody of like gritty, grimdark, uh, like Batman's 
stories or daredevil stories or whatever you want to say but all um like city small scale city-based grit crime stories like it's a parody of that but so it needs to be like funny but also needs to be serious enough that it's not just a total joke right and so um they did this this one has done a good job i think of like um it's it's serious like it's serious but not like so serious that it's stupid like like it's not the thing that they didn't become the thing they're making fun of does that make sense yeah no I agree. like like that's the that was that's the danger that, the danger a caricature that, of themselves the danger they they ran of just going back to kind of like uh grim dark turtles is what i'm gonna call it is that the danger they ran is like becoming what they were making fun of at first and they've done a good job of not doing that and uh, i really uh, i really like it it's it's really good um so yeah that's it that's all that's all i got um 1987 cartoon is our favorite cart uh cartoon iteration kevin what's so what do you uh what what do you remember what's your favorite memories of the 1987 cartoon the 87 cartoon did a great job of uh being okay so it was kind of part of that initial run that became the 90s x-men cartoon um it, it kind of bridged the gap between like the gi joe cartoons and those uh superior cartoons of the early 90s um and it did a good job of like, I mean, yeah, they were basically vehicles to sell toys. That's what all those shows were, but they had multi-part episodes where they were able to carry a storyline. Um, the uh, rogues gallery that they rolled out was really enjoyable, which has always been a big part of what I enjoy about, um, about superhero and comic who's the, book things. Who's the best, who's the best punk frog? <laughs> it's got it's gotta be Attila the Frog. No if you if you and if you like Napoleon Bonafrog the best, get out. I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> like that's the worst one for sure of the of the punk frogs. Um so yeah. Rasputin the Rasputin the Mad Frog's pretty cool too. I'm not gonna lie. But anyway. Cool, actually, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then the other thing is the way that it tied in with the video games in a really enjoyable way. Like, I don't know. There's a big nostalgia factor that brings it up for me, and I, I don't feel ashamed to admit that but i watched it back through with my kids when they were a little younger and i felt like as far as like light airy enjoyable um cartoons they they did a really good job but the animation for the time holds up pretty damn well yeah um i think the thing is is that for me it's just a it's a little uh they made it they made it really 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 cheesy (laughs) Yeah, in a way that in a way that I I like I think went a little too far for for me, uh, but it is enjoyable. Like it's 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 fun. Then I would say nothing until you get down to Michael Bay Turtles. None of these are really bad to me, like other than the third Turtles movie. But that but if <laughs> but if I'm taking it as a whole, I like the first one and I think the second one is acceptable. So I guess I as a whole, those movies are fine. The third one's really bad. But the until you get down to Michael Bay Turtles, I don't really hate hate any of these or even really strongly dislike any or dislike any of them. Uh Eric Eric, final word on Turtles. Leatherhead, alligator in the sewer. Great character. That's your fit. Oh yeah, we Casey Jones, fit. great human character. Yeah, Casey Jones, Jones rules. Is a great character. I I felt like uh, I've always uh, liked Baxter Stockman. That was a cool one. The yeah. Baxter Stock Baxter Stockman guy is pretty sweet. Uh, with the little mouser robots and stuff, those little mouser robots. The yeah. mad scientist, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's a good, good introduction. Uh, Ke- uh, Kevin, you know anything? No, uh, no, I just I it, like Bebop and Rock Study, always enjoyable. Uh, I again, uh, uh, you need good villains to make a comic level up, and this has it. 
Yeah. All right. For Kevin, for Eric, we will see you guys next week. Cowabunga Seahawks. <laughs>